0: Now what will it be? Death or exile?
1: Hello, everybody my name is chris and welcome to this special new segment of the film exiles podcast where we are going to place various topics such as cinematography directors musical scores or composers just different aspects of film in the spotlight so that we can kind of you can figure out our tastes and also we can learn about film ourselves Um, i think some of the best ways to to learn about different aspects of film is to discuss them and rather than just doing a, a review on each particular film i think it's kind of nice to broaden our horizons sometimes so in our first episode we are going to put 2019 in the spotlight specifically our 10 favorite films from the year. And I'm very happy not to be doing this alone. I'm joined
0: by my friends and my fellow film exiles, First Lupe. Hi guys, Uh, I'm glad to be on this uh, podcast. I look at this as sort of a celebration of 2019. We're coming together at the end of the year. Uh, We're, you know, being happy, celebrating our efforts together, celebrating our, our audiences and celebrating film. Which is what the film Exiles are all about.
1: Excellent. And I'm also joined by Adrian.
0: Hi. (laughs) Short and sweet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Right. So I think we should just kick off with this thing. And here's how we're going to do it. We're going to take turns, one at a time, mention a film in our top 10, going from 10 to number one. The person uh, discussing that film will have like, a predetermined number of seconds. So from 10 to six, we're gonna have 60 seconds. From five to two, we're gonna have 90 seconds. And our number one ranked film, we're gonna have two minutes. And we're gonna discuss those films, kind of pitch them to you, to try and encourage you to watch them. And then after that pitch, the other two uh, members will have a chance to chip in as well with, with their thoughts. We don't have to use all of that time. We can use less if we want to. Uh, and finally, we're going to try and avoid mentioning each other's choices if they are significantly higher than than how we have them. So, for example, if Lupe has a film ranked at number five and I have it ranked at number one, he's going to skip number five. He's going to go from six to four. And hopefully we will have a nice uh, list at the end and we can even compare them and see what we think of each other's lists so I think I may as well kick it off with my number 10 ranked film and that is Terminator Dark Fate Terminator Dark Fate is directed by Tim Miller Um, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and brings back Linda Hamilton the badass action hero Linda Hamilton who absolutely kills it in this film for me this is The ideal feminist movie. It has three incredible female action stars, all in different stages of their development with different skill sets and different uh, techniques, but none of them are promoted at the expense of male characters. The screenplay is written by David Goyer, Justin Rhodes, Billy Ray, and it is produced by James Cameron. This is the first time he's returned to the Terminator franchise. And I absolutely loved every single decision made in that film. That's my 60 seconds.
0: (laughs) What do you think? Um, Personally, it's not that high up on my uh, top ten films. i'm I'm a somewhat of a Terminator fan. Terminator Two is my favorite movie of all time, but there were some decisions made in this film that didn't sit well with me for the franchise but overall, it's actually quite an enjoyable film it's It's very contradictory to me, and that's where I stand.
2: Adrian, any
0: thoughts on Terminator? Have you
1: seen it?
2: no, I'm not really a Schwarzenegger fan, so I haven't kept up with those films. nope
1: sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, it's your turn next.
2: Okay, well um I'm going to skip my number 10 because Lupe has that higher up and jump right to my number nine, which is Maleficent. Um, mistress of evil, this was the sequel to the, the first one, and um, I had high hopes for this I love the fairy tale films. Um, I was disappointed with the story overall, but I still love Angelina Jolie as Maleficent and the world building with the moors and all that kind of thing, so I still love the the visuals of that, so I think it's worth a watch
1: brilliant didn't even need
0: 60 seconds there um
1: lupe have you seen maleficent
0: i have and i i, I quite agree with adrian everything she said is quite a point world building uh, the visual effects costumes production design i like that they expanded um, her species mm-hmm. out and they had a little backstory and more characters but then the story is not very strong um and there are some relationships that just don't you know work very much but adrian nailed it it's a it's yeah. a good movie um but it's not the greatest thing ever uh, i loved the first well not loved i really
1: really liked the first maleficent film but i have yet to see
0: the next one so we're gonna go on to you now
1: lupe which right. you
0: did your number 10 i believe my number 10 movie is parasite parasite directed by Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho is a uh, Korean uh, director, uh, does a lot of critically acclaimed international films, and I mean, this film is just mind-blowing, the layers and the levels to it, like this is prestige, intelligent, intellectual filmmaking at peak levels. Forget the fact that it's not uh, an English, you know, film, it's... You know, a foreign language film. You still get every single tense, terse, inciting, striking political message that the that the film you know gives, and it's about class warfare, something that's very prevalent in uh, politics worldwide right now. (laughs) This is my number ten. So imagine what the rest (laughs) of my list is going to be like,
1: Lupe. uh, Lupe, that's a great pitch. Um, I haven't seen Parasite yet um but i'm definitely gonna do so on your recommendation adrian have you seen it
2: no i haven't but that's a pretty ringing endorsement excellent excellent
1: right so i believe it's my turn with my number nine uh ranked film of the year and it's actually a film that i reviewed with manu earlier in the year in a really in-depth podcast it is long shot it is directed by jonathan Levine and it is starring Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. They are put together in a romantic relationship, which under normal circumstances, you could not believe humanly possible, but the way this film works, it just, they nail it. You you believe that this woman and this man could be together. And it is, I, I went to the cinema that day and I watched three other uh, two other films and this was my favorite and it was my least anticipated of the day. I highly recommend this romantic comedy to anyone and O'Shea Jackson Jr. is a
0: beast. All right. Well, I personally um, I saw this film with you. Like yep. We went to the theaters together that day, um, and I think you're underselling to be sincere. Like. Your pitch is not even strong enough for how good this movie is. Because, as you said, it's one that came out of the left field, we weren't expecting to like it that much. One, the chemistry between the two leads, absolutely incredible. This sort of mismatched couple, uh, yin, mitts yang, you know, oil, meets, uh water kind of thing, just gives amazing chemistry. And at the center of the film is is this lesson of, regardless of the physical, or the social status, or class, or personality At the end of the day, political persuasion, or whatever. Love is a metaphysical thing that transcends all of that, and it's a beautiful message. And it's a beautiful film, heartfelt, funny, all that good stuff. Adrian, have you seen Longshot?
2: I haven't, but I, um, I thought the trailers were hilarious, and it just has gotten lost in the shuffle. I haven't gotten to it
1: well now you have an excuse to watch it (laughs) right so adrian i believe it is your turn to give us your number eight
2: yes my number eight is um ready or not um it is that um uh, like comedy thriller um kind of thing and i actually have a spoiler free review that i did on that one and so I'll just briefly say that I thought that the film was fun. It wasn't, you know, this press piece of prestige filmmaking, but I liked the gothic aesthetic and I thought Samara Weaving was wonderful.
1: Excellent.
0: Lupe, have you seen Ready or Not? I have seen Ready or Not, and Adrian has incredible tastes in movies. I cherish her opinions of movies and whenever she gives a recommendation i rush out to you know sort of listen to it read it watch it whatever i have to do and i really don't like this movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i haven't seen it so no comment from here but i'm definitely gonna watch it i'm definitely gonna watch it i'll give it a chance horror isn't my isn't my forte but
0: um i'll I'll give it what i will say is that Adrian, your pitch is excellent, and your review is really good. Guys, go listen to Adrian's review. She did, like, an amazing job breaking down the film, explaining it, highlighting, you know, the good parts of it, and why she is uh, attracted to it in such a big way. Right. So, Lupe, you're going to give us your number nine now. So, my number nine movie is Cold Pursuit and uh cold Pursuit is a liam neeson movie and it kind of got lost in the shuffle this year because he entered some hot water with some <laughs> comments he made that were anti-me too and he just got cancelled and yeah. but it's an excellent movie it uh, was that is it um anti- it was a, a racial thing like. yeah it was it was oh my goodness the, the dude just he's really an old school guy he comes from uh North of, you know, Northern, Northern Ireland Northern and, you know, he just put his foot in his mouth, but the movie's really good. It's like a quirky action sort of noir film with dark comedy elements to it. The final shot is one of the most memorable final shots ever. It's like the type of movie where something serious is happening and then something weirdly dark just happened it reminds me of a lot of like cohen brothers type stuff like uh, no country for old men or like fargo those type of uh it's it's a hidden gem and it's definitely number nine on my list okay
1: i haven't seen it um i am gonna be honest i'm not the hugest liam neeson fan i I feel like after he did the um those films taken. with the, the taken this films.
0: Movie's not nothing like taken. It, did, I, did I forget to say that this movie's nothing <laughs>
2: like it's not like an
0: all-action man right. movie. It's not. Okay, but that's
1: the impression you get from him because a lot of his films since taken are similar. Have, are similar to that. So whenever I think Liam Neeson now, uh, I I'm quite uh, trepidatious. I'm I'm not very keen on following up. But if it's not like that. Um, he's a tremendous actor. So I, I might give you a shot. Adrian, have you seen Cold Pursuit?
2: No, I haven't. I don't even know if I've seen a trailer. So I'll mm. get on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they squashed the marketing for it. once he got in hot water. It was it was no, you know, it, there was no use for them to market it anymore, you know, because already the the tide of public opinion was fully against it. So I thought it was gonna be money down the drain and just got lost. In oh,
1: cool. Right. So I'm gonna give you my number eight and this is a number eight that many of you won't have seen it is city of lies it was actually um, screened in 2018 at film festivals but was um, only released in italy Uh, for some reason uh, this film has been banned from the us and other markets Um, the reason being it is a film that uh, looks at the murder investigations of Tupac Shakur and the Notorious B.I.G. These were two rap stars of the nineties who both died within like something like a year of each other um, from, they were hits, um, assassinations, and both, you know, very similar circumstances, gunshots uh, while they're in the car. And the The sad thing is these two guys were so talented. Um, But this film centers on the investigation. It stars Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker and it's directed by Brad Furman. And it really gets into the nitty gritty of how these crimes uh, took place, specifically um, the murder of the Notorious B.I.G. You can find it online. I highly recommend that you do so if you're in Italy. You won't have a problem finding it. If not, find it by other means. It is definitely a film worth watching. Any of you guys seen it?
0: No, I, I haven't seen it, but it sounds very interesting. Um, the questions I will have will be, uh, obviously, with Johnny Depp, his acting is, uh, is all over the place. So the question is, does he take this one seriously, or is he all very the Very seriously. Okay. Very seriously. And My, my other question uh, would be, is this more conspiracy theory? Why was it banned? Is it because they they spun the truth to make it more entertaining? What's going on with all those things? And, and that's what I'd like to know. It's
1: very factually based. They base a lot of the film's plot on the evidence. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty clear to me that it was banned because it shines uh, a light on the LA Police
0: Department that they don't want mm. shown on them all right well that has piqued my interest yeah. and i might not race to watch it immediately but it's on my list and someday when i have the time i will 100 percent definitely see it adrian have you come across the film
2: i have not i have not that it's just it's heartbreaking to hear about horrible stories like that yeah you know
1: right so we're gonna throw it back to lupe
0: um we're gonna give us your number eight okay so my number eight movie is Dolomite is my name and kicking my ass is my game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dolomite is my name. And honestly, I didn't expect this movie to be so high up on this list. Even after hearing, like, I, I heard all the, you know, good word about it. Um, but the movies are very complex it's not like super intellectual or super intelligent doesn't have like super special effects or, you know, it's not, there's some cliches that just hook me all the time. And this movie is none of them. It's just a feel good movie about the endurance of the human spirit, about, you know, unwavering positivity in the face of, you know, negativity and, and rejection and just, you know, and it's just a feel-good movie. And, you know, there's some humor in there. It's done very well. Um, obviously, it's, it's, it's a comeback for Eddie Murphy, so you got to see it for that reason. He's a legend. And, you know, do yourself a favor and feel good. Watch this movie. Cool. Well, I haven't seen it, but I
1: I am definitely in the need of feeling good, <laughs> so I might give it a go. Adrian, how about you?
2: Same same
1: oh cool All right so i'm just gonna go back to my number seven um a lot of the ones you you've got are a bit higher up so my number seven uh film of the year was john wake chapter three we reviewed this together lupe earlier in the year so i encourage everyone to go back and who hasn't seen it to go back and, and review if you haven't seen it why haven't you seen it it is the best action movie of the year it's directed by an incredible action director chad Stahalski, who has been parachuted into work on action on some uh, some other films as well such as dc's birds of prey um, it stars keanu reeves Halle berry lawrence fishburne the acting performances the set designs the costume designs tattoos this is a very stylish film the action is incredible it is much more varied than uh, john wick one and john wick two especially john wick two you're getting gun but you're also getting kung fu you're getting action on motorbikes katanas horses the works dogs everything is in this <laughs> everything. film everything it is the
0: craziest action film of the year bar none that was a hell of a pitch um, <laughs> and you did it justice I, i've never been the biggest john wick fan i always thought it was overrated this is the first film in the series that lives up to what all the hype is all about as you said john wick one i felt was kind of basic john wick two it was like, all right, we're going to do more action, but it was just more of the same kind of monotonous action, just go foo shoot, kick, shoot, roll, shoot, kick. Uh, but this one, very, very, they really opened up the world, more characters, more history, more future, more potential future. And uh, seeing it on your top 10 list, I have zero objections to that. Although it's not my top 10, I have no objections to it. Adrian, have you seen John Wick
1: 3 or any of the John Wick's?
2: I haven't. I haven't seen any of them. And I watched um, the last two Mission Impossibles in backwards order. So do you think I could get away with that with John Wick 3?
1: Um, I would watch John Wick 1. You
0: could probably watch 3 after 1. but I, I You, think you think can do that. That would be an interesting, interesting exercise mm-hmm. to see how things get to the point that they're at. I, I think you can do it, definitely. Yeah, it's
1: possible. It's possible. I mean, it does kick off from John week Two, but they kind of explain it anyway. Mm -hmm. So you you can go straight into that. Adrian, you're you're up next.
2: Okay. Well, um, I need to skip my seven and six because Chris, I think you have those up higher. So I (laughs) skip to my number five, which is the kid, which uh, was directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. It's a western coming of age story about um, a fourteen-year-old kid that gets caught um in between um Ethan Hawke who um is Pat Garrett and Dane DeHaan who plays Billy the Kid and I thought that the story really really dignified the experience of a young 14 year old boy becoming a man different from like the Shazam (laughs) I felt like it was (laughs) sort of the anti-Shazam film um you know and without you know not taking a 14 year old maybe as seriously as it could so this is like in the real world between these like um, you know outlaw and the sheriff so it's really about this kid Rio Jake Shore I think it is and um, his performance was really really great this is his first role and I have a um, spoiler-free review also of that I really recommend that film
1: cool I I actually just missed it It was on television the other day um, in the UK and I caught the last uh, I think I caught the I cut the second half of the film. So I didn't want to spoil it. So I I decided not to watch it and and but I did record it on the next pre on the next showing. So I will
0: definitely go and watch that film. Lupe, have you seen the kid? Uh well for me I haven't seen the kid. Um I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel about I mean I've seen previews of it and Adrian, you sell it extremely well but i'm not too sure if, if i'm if i'm ever gonna check it out. i have a lot of stuff on my my um to watch list stuff that adrian has put on there so well done mm-hmm. um but this one nothing about it really speaks to me yet so we'll see
1: right so i'm gonna give you my number six my number six is a film that was shown at tiff in 2018 but was wide released in 2019 this year, um, it's a Canadian film. It's a romantic sci-fi film, starring Trojan Velisario of Pretty Little Liars fame <laughs> and Patrick J. Adams. It's directed by Akash Sherman, and the film is called Clara. It's about um, an artist and an astrophysicist the astrophysicist is um, working at a university and we're in a world where we're trying to find a different world, a new Earth, looking at planets in Goldilocks zones of other stars and seeing if there's another world that we can possibly go to in the future or that has intelligent life. Tryan uh, plays a character who is a Uh, an artist she's homeless she doesn't have anywhere to go she's kind of a a nomad a wanderer and this was her next stop to drop into the life of the astrophysicist it's a beautiful film it's a heartbreaking film it has some wondrous uh, visuals of planets and stars and different solar systems it's a small independent film but it is um very well written and i can't recommend this film highly enough it's a beautiful film adrian have you seen it
2: yes i did based on uh your recommendation and i would echo everything that you said i thought it was you know it was a definitely a smaller film um and um and emotional and good
1: great lupe
0: has it piqued your fancy well no it has um it, it, it sounds good. Like, I'm very surprised that, I did hear you talk about it a little bit. Also, Mike yeah. mentioned some things about it, but I've never heard any of you go into why.
1: It's a typical independent film, very intimate. Okay. But I think, mm-hmm. if, which, which, I, which
0: I like, if it's well done, if it's yeah, the cinematography yeah. is good, if the writing is good, um, then this is something that I will put on my list to check out in the future it's a beautiful film so lupe we're gonna throw it back to you with your number five well uh my number seven and number six are high up on your list chris Uh, guys if you're listening can you guess what my number seven and my number six are (laughs) while you all do that racking your brains my number five film of 2019 is alita battle angel alita uh, army out there can you hear me uh, <laughs> let's go. Right, you've got 90
1: <laughs> seconds to pitch this film
0: to You know what? I, I really don't have to do that much. First off, this is the CGI VFX champion of 2019. Undisputed. Forget what you heard. All right. I don't care who the Oscar nominates or doesn't nominate. I don't care who the Golden Globes nominates or doesn't nominate. This is the most incredible CGI. Uh, job of 2019 everything else comes in the second third or whatever who cares also it's a heartfelt story um great action i like how seriously robert rodriguez takes you know the character gives a leader her hero moments really cool shots cool like hero landing hero flips that kind of thing just a great story and this a film that really does anime justice anime has had a torrid time trying to translate to live action and sometimes it doesn't maybe the language barrier the cultural barrier but robert rodriguez did a really 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 good job bringing elita to the screen and i'm with the elita army hoping for a sequel um i think that this movie deserved a lot better than it performed although it didn't do badly at all um critically or um financially so well that that's my pitch alita is number five i don't really have to even like sell it i just have to celebrate that's it adrian
1: give us your thoughts on alita
2: i d- i did see alita and um the cgi in the world is really interesting um uh, but it didn't speak to me on the level to induct me into an alita army but i wholly support everybody fighting for what they want but i just i didn't I don't know it just didn't speak to me in that way yeah
1: um i watched this with you lupe i don't know if you noticed but at some point of the film i actually fell asleep <laughs> it's because you have narcolepsy <laughs> and, and I, it wasn't for long it was like a, a five minute and the thing uh, yeah, yeah. and the thing that woke me up was when she busted that guy in the eye and I said fuck your mercy. I was like, what? What what, what (laughs) film am I in? Where did that come? from?" No, um, the film is technically incredible. The artistry in it is fantastic. The world building is brilliant. I have to be honest, the the character didn't intrigue me, the lead character and the story I kind of found a a little bit boring. Um, That's just me. Uh, it's not uh, an insult of anything. I, if people like it, I understand completely, and obviously, I support anyone trying to fight for for the things they love. And what, if they want a sequel, that's great. But I probably won't go and see it.
0: The Alita Army will descend upon you. <laughs> we will blot out the sun with our arrows. <laughs> <laughs> then we will fight in the shade, <laughs> right?
1: I'm gonna give you my number five. I have 90 seconds to sell you on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino did something incredible with this film, in my opinion. He brought together his universe and his film universe. He showed how his real world interacts with his movie universe, which is a universe within a universe, very Inception style when you think about it, what what he's done. Um, The performances by Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are really good. I mean, Brad Pitt did a a great job. He's the main lead of the film, in my opinion, but um, Leonardo DiCaprio gave one scene in his trailer which will stay with me forever it's a scene where he is disappointed in his acting quality because he he failed uh, to remember a line earlier in the film and he really chastises himself but he does it in a in such an incredible way and he psychs himself up like he's a sports star at uh, halftime and he's and his team's losing and he's really psyching himself up and then he comes out He's an actor giving an actor's incredible performance, if you know what I mean. He just blew my mind in that, What is was it, two minutes of film. Film is beautiful, um, sets and costumes, it really transports you into Hollywood of the 1960s, uh, 70s, that period. Um, I think it was fantastic and I encourage everyone to go and see once upon a time in hollywood
0: have you seen it yes i have and once upon a time in hollywood um would qualify as an honorable mention it almost made the top 10 but couldn't crack it um for me i think the filmmaking is impeccable dialogue impeccable camera work impeccable musical score impeccable soundtrack choice impeccable i mean this Quentin Tarantino guy is going places. (laughs) He can really be somebody in movie making. But um, all jokes aside, I, I just respect the hell out of the movie. The only thing is that I just felt that its message and its voice are very personal to Quentin Tarantino. I think a lot of people may not realize that this film is also him sort of dealing with his own mortality as a filmmaker in terms of, you know, how although his films are still relevant, as we can see, it's an award buzzy film. Um, It's sort of how he's looking at, is is time passing him by with franchise films and VFX films and, you know, Hollywood goes through errors and he's questioning if an error is passing him by, but it ends on a hopeful note, obviously. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, it was kind of a little bit boring just because the subject matter doesn't speak to me. I'm not questioning my mortality in in any of those ways. Uh, you're a spring uh,
1: chicken, man. Really, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I mean, but but it, you know, it just doesn't speak to me. So I, I didn't really connect with in my in my soul. But I respect it looking at it from
1: the outside in. Adrian, have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
2: I have not. And everything that I hear that you guys talk about it is not the impression I got from the trailers. So I've just, it's like, there's like a disconnect between everything I hear about it and like what I've seen. So it makes me very, very curious. So it is definitely on my list. Yeah,
1: give it a go, give it a go. Um, While you're here, give us your next film.
2: Okay, my next film, my number four is uh, Jumanji, The Next Level, which I actually just saw today and um i thought that it was um every bit as great as the first one um i laughed out loud i teared up the addition of danny devito and danny glover i think was a brilliant addition to the story and you know, one of the things I think is really neat about the action for the Jumanji stories is that they can do things that they can't do like in other action movies, like you can't have people die and come back. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so unless it's, unless, you, unless it's the Marvel Universe. <laughs> right,
2: right, right. But I mean like in the same film, like, you can come back twice in the same film, so you get to see things happen. That aren't you know don't normally <laughs> don't normally happen in action films, and then the humor the humor was really great. The personalities with Danny DeVito, like I said, and Danny Glover, and that it was emotional, and they tied in Christmas at the you know the beginning and the end. So it was it was a lot of fun. I really really, it,
1: really? Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of the first one. We watched it last year at Christmas, and um I, I'm definitely gonna go watch um this sequel. I'm really I'm actually really looking forward to it um luke have you seen jumanji yet we're gonna go watch
0: it together yeah yeah well definitely something that we should go watch together if you have some time next week um, and yeah. yeah before the year is over definitely um you don't have to sell me on it it's something i'm looking forward to the last one was good i don't expect it to be you know a mind-blowing you know experience mm-hmm. um would it make my top 10 i highly doubt it but it's definitely going to be I I suspect it will be one of the movies that I like this year. So while you're here,
1: give us your next film and your rundown.
0: So my number four film is Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, this is my favorite blockbuster of 2019. I think one it's the definition of a blockbuster. When you look in the dictionary, they say epic, massive, big, you know, blockbuster it should be Godzilla, King of Monsters. So we're talking about monsters that are what, like 100 feet tall, 150 feet tall. And the work that uh, the director does in terms of showing that scale and showing how tiny human beings are in relation to these kaiju and these massive titans is absolutely mind-blowing. You get a sense of their scale and then you get the physics of their momentum, how much power and physics and physiology it takes to move, you know, living creatures like that through, you know, space. Um, it's absolutely, absolutely mind blowing. It has some of the most incredible action scenes with a lot of elements coming to play, you know, in snowy environments, in you know, hellish landscapes, you know in water environments and also they brought a lot of mythology into it which i thought was really freaking amazing really tying it into old mythology and bringing this sort of spiritual nature to it it's just an incredibly well-made blockbuster and it's number four on my list
1: so we reviewed this together yes um you can check through our back catalog You, you can find us uh spoiler free review i believe at the time my thoughts on the film i have seen it again since and my thoughts haven't changed i really enjoyed the film um the the action and the the monsters and how they did all of that was brilliant i really enjoyed it was a visual spectacle um the cinematography is fantastic the accuracy in terms of um how things look underwater, how things look with dust particles around you, when buildings collapse, and all of that stuff fantastic um the story I thought was good, I think it had some elements that were completely unnecessary um the human characters, the family were completely unnecessary in my opinion, and they should have focused really on um Ken Watanabe, but that's because I'm a Ken Watanabe stan, so maybe that's why I wanted, but he, he he brought heart to that film, and yeah, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Adrian, what did you think of Godzilla, King of the Monsters?
2: Um, Same thing, I think it's, um, you know, if like the rewatchability factor for me is the visual stunning, um cinematography and the scale of these monsters and that kind of thing it isn't really for you know the story like that's definitely secondary i would watch it again just to see just to watch um you know how like that that scene with mothra and the wings it was just Oof. amazing Oof. so yeah
1: stunning stunning okay so now i'm gonna give you my Well, I can't give you my number four because, Lupe, you've got it a bit higher up in your list. So I'm going to give you my number three. My number three is a film we reviewed together. It's an independent film, a film directed by Casey Affleck, a director definitely to keep your eye on. He also stars in this film with uh, young actress Anna Pniewski. The film is light of my life and it's about a father and a daughter in a dystopian future where there's a there's been some kind of virus where women are wiped out anna is playing the daughter and she is known as rag and she pretends to be a boy and it's a a wonderful wonderful film which includes a story within a story they use a story for a metaphor which also reflects the story of the film, it's expertly written, again by Casey Affleck, and it's it's just a brilliant film. It's a lot of it is set out in the wilderness. Some some scenes are in the snow, in the forest, um, in hilltop houses. You get like different kind of situations. A lot of calmness, but then when the tension increases with people um, approaching. Uh, you really get this kind of uh, nervous tension as a as a member of the audience just watching this thing. Like there's parts of the film where um, bandits come to kind of try and take the girl away or to steal their belongings. And you get so tense, so nervous for this father and daughter. It's incredible. Like I said, it's my third favourite film of the year. And it is definitely, definitely worth a watch. It's a it's a intellectual film. It's not a a box office uh, kind of film. It's not a blockbuster. It's an intimate film, but definitely worth a watch. Lupe, you saw this film with me. What do you think of it? And I think you have it uh, in your top ten as well.
0: Yeah, so Light of My Life is also my top ten. It's right behind Alita. Alita was number five. Um, And it's number six on my list. And it's an excellent film. Um, Directed by Casey Affleck, as you said. And this is the second film on my list that is underrated because the uh, star or or star attraction, whether it's the director or the actor, were embroiled in some controversy. So it couldn't be marketed very well. (laughs) It couldn't, you know, have its day in the sun. And I'm telling you, there's not there aren't 10 movies better than life of my life lights of my life in 2019 they just aren't it's an absolutely perfect film it's a perfect film apart from just the fact that it's reminiscent of other sort of post apocalyptic trek movies like children of men you know yep. like the road that kind of thing apart from that absolutely perfect
1: yep. we mentioned some of those parallels as well it, in, our, it, in our in little our review and you should all. If you're thinking about watching that film or wondering if it's worth watching, listen to our spoiler-free review first. it gives, first. Yeah. It, gives a,
0: it gives a good indication. And I just wanted just to buttress your point about there being a story within the story that reflects on the on the movie. It's also a commentary for how stories affect us as human beings and how mythology is very important to how we manifest things in our physical life. And this movie being a form of storytelling it's just so many levels of meta commentary and the movie is just freaking brilliant and as you said about the tension we were watching it together and we actually had to stop the movie because it was that tense we were like i can't handle this let's just stop and pause it's that good yeah adrian have you given it a watch yet
2: I have not, but you sold me when you talked about the commentary on the storytelling and when you were talking about the, um, the action, and the tensions, I got like a flash of War of the Worlds kind of feeling, um, but I will definitely check that out.
1: Definitely, definitely worth a watch. And while you're here, why don't you give us your, your next film in your rundown?
2: Okay, my, my next film, my number three is Ophelia which when i first heard about it i i was like oh i need to check that out and then forgot about it and then it was like oh did that come out so i um rented it and it is directed by claire mccarthy and it's essentially um hamlet told from ophelia's perspective i'm not an expert on hamlet at all so i wasn't nitpicky about you know how close this paralleled shakespeare or anything i just took it in as a film on its own and i really enjoyed it the costumes were beautiful the sets were beautiful it stars daisy ridley and naomi watts who were wonderful and um in retrospect like the story borrows some from romeo and juliet to make more um Uh, Of the romance between Ophelia and Hamlet so but I didn't think about that while I was watching it I was just absorbed in it, and I really loved the ending so
1: I I haven't seen the film But it it looks like a beautiful period piece. Uh, I am partial to the odd period piece. So I'll I'll probably give it a watch
0: Um, Have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but you guys know me very well and how much I absolutely love, 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 period pieces. That's a lie. I do (laughs) not like period pieces. So this one, this one will be a miss for me, period pieces. You got to be doing something different for me to, to be drawn to it. I think most things that have that period piece feel that tend to like tend to be like maybe like fairy tale or fantasy, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can, can weave that in there you know then that can draw me in but period piece is just not my thing Okay. well i'll definitely be giving it a watch i'm
1: raised in the uk and we we have period pieces on all the time on television so i'm um yeah so i'm quite partial to one so I'll, I'll definitely give that a go uh lupe while you're with us give us your number three i believe right
0: my number three ironically is triple frontier yes this movie was one that was long in the making it went through different iterations the script had so many actors and directors attached to it finally netflix picked it up and netflix put it out and i am so disappointed in humanity for the fact (laughs) that this movie is not raved about so much i mean Maybe because of the names attached and the genre, people expect it to be some sort of action heavy, Mm -hmm. you know, blockbuster type of film. It's rather slow moving, contemplative, meditative, and there is a lesson in here about greed and about the darkness in us and the love of money. And uh, there's also something about brotherhood. There's also, you know, stuff about how we treat our warriors in society and people who fight our our battles for us fight those dark things that we personally don't want to you know um so it's it's actually a very thought-provoking movie very moody very atmospheric it's one that i've watched again obviously the actors you know ben affleck um uh garrett Hedlund, um pedro pascal uh i mean just charlie hunnam Oh, it's an goodness. all-star cast. It's an all-star cast, and it's an all-star movie, and it's one that I soon won't forget. And as I said, humans, I'm very disappointed in you guys for not giving this movie the props <laughs> that it deserves.
1: No, the the reason I haven't put it in my top ten is nothing to do with the writing or the acting. I think it's all brilliant. Uh, the story is fantastic. I agree with everything you said. I have an issue with how the film looks. It really, really bugs me. Um, It spoils it for me because when I watch a film, I want to feel like I'm uh, in a fantasy. Like I I don't want it to feel as real as it did. And I can only attribute that to the 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 choice of camera, the director and the cinematography involved. The, the camera is like it's shot with a camera that you use in a sports game, um, in a football match, in a basketball game. It just feels too television. And that really upset me because the film this, is uh,
0: yeah. so good. That I would, I, would agree, so well. I would agree with that. That's Thank the only would, reason yeah. it's not in my top If there's top. one thing that it could do better, the cinematography is not on par with everything else. It deserves it much that. better cinematography. I agree. Adrian, have you seen Triple Frontier and if
1: you have, how how did you feel about it? If not, will you watch it?
2: Um I I did see Triple Frontier and I really enjoyed the watch. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought the acting was really good Just like what lupe said the message about greed. I thought all that was really well done And I agree with you too that it does look more tv. It doesn't have that. Um, you don't feel as transported and 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 and, uh, you don't kind of melt into the experience and when i'm making my top 10 list i'm sort of um torn between you know, I tend to lean toward my ranking on rewatchability. Like what will I rewatch over and over and over again? And those are what end up higher on my list than just sort of like what's my Academy Award list? Like what are the, you know, what hits it on every level. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And definitely like a, a really, really solid film. Really solid film. Um so I think the time has come to get down to our top one and two films. Um I'll go with my number two film of the year. This was a real, real close call for me. And in the future, it might switch with my number one. My number two film of the year is The Irishman. We'll never get a film like this ever again. Martin Scorsese. Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci and Al Pacino all collaborating on this three and a half hour masterpiece. The film includes incredible visual effects um, for the most part, especially on Joe Pesci and Al Pacino. It's incredible to me that this film was not willing to be taken up by a major studio. It's a real indictment on where Hollywood is right now, that this film nearly didn't get made. Um, The film is an adaptation of the memoirs of Charles Brandt, I Heard You Paint Houses, and it is to do with the mysterious disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, a union boss back in the day, and the interactions with the mafia, the, the Italian mob, the film is just stellar. Acting performance is incredible. Um, I was lucky enough to watch this film on a preview back in October, and I just really wanted for six, seven weeks to talk to people about this film, but I really didn't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, now that people have seen it, I'm just delighted to be able to to discuss this film with everyone. It sucks you in. It's you, you feel compassion for these terrible, terrible people. And when you feel that compassion out of the blue, bang, it hits you with their raw aggression and vile behavior. But then it makes you laugh. It's, it's a real test for the audience about, um, what do you feel is acceptable in this world? It's just, um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. By an incredible team and an incredible director, of mine,
0: Scorsese. You guys, have you seen the film? And um, what do you think, Lupe? Yeah, um, this film was number seven on my top ten list. So um, it was right between Light of My Life and Dolomite is My Name. Definitely ranked it higher than Dolomite because I feel like the filmmaking here is just is too good to is too good to deny. That says some Scorsese, a master, like one of the. When there's a Mount Rushmore of filmmakers, he's he's on there, and this film shows it. It's three and a half hours long and very easy to watch. The entire three and a half hours did not feel like that in one go. Um, It's very similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in many ways, in terms of the message, in terms of a filmmaker dealing with mortality. And Scorsese is dealing more with physical mortality. Yeah. He's at the twilight of his life. He knows that he's not going to direct a lot of, a lot more movies. He's going to pass on in a couple decades here. We all know that that's part of life. And this film is him sort of reflecting on the past. And there's this sort of feeling of how we do all these incredible things. We have this power to affect lives, to make lives, to end lives, to make dreams, to end dreams. And at the end of our lives, like what has the sum, the summation of, of all the parts come to? And I love the fact that this movie ended in a it ends in a tragic way. If you haven't seen it, well, that's kind of spoiler. It's not that's not a spoiler anyway. It ends kind of with with a gut punch that leaves you really thinking deeply about what you've seen. I felt like once upon a time in Hollywood ended on a more optimistic note that to me wasn't as impacting wasn't as impactful i feel like cautionary tales are better instruments for telling stories than optimistic stories and because this one ended on on such a note that leaves you impacted it just grips me even till today whenever i think of the movie I'm filled with sadness. It makes you question your life choices. It makes it makes you question your life choices. Is it
1: all worth it? Worth it exactly. End, you know? Exactly. And that's that's the big message. Um, Adrian, did you watch The Irishman?
2: I did, and I had it as my number seven. And I just basically um, have to echo what you guys said. That I love that Scorsese humanized the characters, so I cared about them. I didn't just see them as you know mere monsters. That was really surprising um and a testament to the filmmaking and the way that the film ended the fact that i the storytelling where it was like you were told the story without them spelling out to you and spoon feeding you the message it it was three hours and scorsese served it to you you know in in a completely different way so yes i i agree it's it the the movies should be watched we shouldn't be afraid to talk about our mortality because it's really what you how you discover what's really really important in life and so with the film that way it's something you can really sink your teeth into
1: excellent adrian what's your next film
2: my next film is my number two um which was tolkien um by uh that was directed by dom karakoski And the Mm -hmm. film focuses on Tolkien's early life and his romance with um, Edith. I thought it was beautifully shot and the elements um, that are in Tolkien's stories was beautifully weaved um, into the story of his uh, early life and with his friends and um, whatnot. So um, I also have, uh, we did a uh, a spoiler-free review of that as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. And for anybody who doesn't know, Tolkien is the um, the author of such works as uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogies and The um, the Hobbit. And yeah, I saw the film as well, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's another period piece. I am a fan of period pieces, and I love how a lot of the the aspects of the film paralleled aspects from Tolkien's works. Lupe, you saw the film with me.
0: What did you think well as you guys know i'm a big 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 huge huge, massive fan of period pieces no i'm not (laughs) Um, so this movie wasn't wasn't made for me i'm not i'm not its audience i felt mixed on it there were some really good things in it like things that you said in terms of them using uh visual storytelling to show the influences on his uh literary works and that kind of thing also the the period piece elements were spectacular as I said the English do period piece for tea um, on a Tuesday afternoon it's it's no sweat off their backs um, I think if you like period pieces and if you're interested in Tolkien you definitely should check it out excellent and Lupe give us your film of the year okay I believe you're number two is my number one so my number two is your number one so i'll have to skip my number two and we'll discuss that uh as your number one my number one film of the year is joker and right now i'm doing my joker dance the one in the bathroom, the slow one, <laughs> the weird-ass, slow, creepy shit. <laughs> right. Damn, You got two minutes to sell us on this <laughs> film. All right. So this is the first thing that, that you guys, I love irony. I love symmetry. My number 10 film and my number one film. My number 10 film was Parasite. My number one film was Joker. And these movies are so similar. It's quite creepy. They're both about class warfare um they're both about the haves and the have-nots and how the have-nots will you know rise up against the haves um joker is such a brilliant film for one joaquin phoenix's um performance as arthur fleck is just mesmeric it's transportive It stays with you, it's gripping, it's the work of a master at his craft. Like we talk about Scorsese as one of the all-time greats, where King Phoenix is gonna go down as one of the Hall of Fame actors that we have ever seen grace the silver screen. In terms of the script itself and the story and the way it's delivered, Todd Phillips did such a masterful job. It's as if every single thing that he's done in his career has led him to this point um and what it says about society what it says about us we have reviews for it more than one on our channel, yeah, <laughs> because it's worth it yeah. you know and i think the the most important thing that it says is that we create the monsters that haunt us in society, I'm talking about in real life, in, in a wide scale of society, and even personally, the monsters that haunt us in our society are of our creation. It's a contradiction of life. It's a very terrible thing to come to grips with, but it's the truth, and it's something that we have to deal with. And it's such a powerful, powerful cautionary tale for all of us, and it speaks to everyone on every side. So there is my there's my pitch for for Joker. All right. Um, Give it all the awards, all of them, best film, cinematography, score, actor. Your time is up, your time is up, <laughs> we're going to have to call you
1: show. I know you hold, can, me, back. You, you hold me back. You can hold me back speak for hours on this film. I know. And, and it is worth it. Um, we in one of our many reviews, I I I was on there. I think it was just after we watched it. Um, I've seen it since again and. My thoughts on it haven't changed. It is a fantastic film. It's in my top 10. I have it at number four. Um, The score of this film is stellar. It is one of the best scores of the year. If not the best, uh, it probably should win the Academy Award. The acting performance of Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. The direction of the film, the cinematography, the actual color grading is very unique. It's very very interesting choices they they made for the color grading of this film. Very very like greeny green colors. Um, brilliant. Lots of Easter eggs in the film as well. Um, if you're a DC fan, you'll see lots of little h- nods and hints towards other um, DC properties, films, comic books, etc. Yeah,
0: and before you go on, I must say that in my entire pitch. Pay- I never even mentioned that it's a comic book movie. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's not your typical comic book movie. It's unlike any other comic book movie. So I really enjoyed the film. Like I said, have it at number four and would recommend it to to anyone. It's a fantastic, fantastic film. There is a descent into madness, um, but the journey is is um, it's full of not just misery there's actual joy and comedy in there as well at times and i think it's a really well balanced uh, really well
2: balanced film it's it's an excellent film adrian have you seen joker i have not seen joker yet and so don't get me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, i i have read a lot about it and i read some leaks about it and i have a lot of respect for it i think i just haven't wanted to sit and watch the descent and I have a background in psychology so I think that you know what I what it brings out the counselor in me you know like I I I, I, you know I want to like do something about that and so it's a it's a bigger deal for me to emotionally sit through that I think it's a different experience for me so
1: I can appreciate
2: that
1: excellent and Adrian let's round this off with your number one film of the year
2: Okay. Well, as the fairy tale um, <laughs> enthusiast, our fairy tale queen, I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed to say that my 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 favorite film, I think, is Aladdin, and I say that I think because I I don't necessarily you know have the film up on a pedestal as like I think it's this great, 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 great piece of art or anything, um, or as serious as some of these other films. But it is a film that I will, I know that I'll rewatch. Over and over again because of the music and because I do love fairy tales in the world and I think that what Guy Ritchie did um, to flesh out, you know, and add more um, than the animated film, um, I really liked. I liked what they did with the the animals, um, and I liked that um, Jafar still really felt uh, evil and dark and uh, manipulative um, in the story with Jasmine and um, Aladdin. So that's my number one film <laughs> that and I sound I, so confident about.
1: <laughs> no, I I love this film. It just didn't make my top ten. It was actually my number eleven film of the year, and I think Guy Ritchie did a brilliant job. I would recommend someone who wanted to watch the story of Aladdin to watch the live action and not the animated now. And I really love the animated. I think Will Smith was fantastic as the genie and he had an impossible task to follow robin williams i think the costume design is second to none every costume in that film is beautiful sets are fantastic um the music was wonderful and there is one song there is a moment in this film um where jasmine sings an original piece and it is Ah, it, oh, it gave me goosebumps. I think and I hope that that gets nominated for um, original song at the Academy Awards, and and I hope it wins it because I can't think of a, an original song that was better than that uh, this year. So I I think it's um, it's a it's a worthy choice to be in any top ten. It, it was just unlucky not to make it in my group
0: prince ali my t-t, <laughs> apple background <wonder. laughs> um Aladdin Woo. Hey. hmm how do I dip my toe into this it wasn't my favorite film of the year obviously that's um a nice way of saying that I wasn't the biggest fan and the reason why I wasn't the biggest fan are for reasons that go beyond the movie, if that makes sense, a lot of the background stuff. So for example, Guy Ritchie is one of my favorite directors ever, like he's in my like top, top four, top five type of thing. And um, I just felt like this wasn't a very Guy Ritchie movie. So that kind of affected my viewing experience. And I'm not the biggest fan of fairy tale movies or Aladdin itself. So there was also that sort of like working against it for me. But I, one thing I, I love about Adrian bringing this up as a number one is that our top ten is all about how movies make us feel personally. It's not about how it makes other people feel, other people's appraisal. It's our top ten. It's a personal top ten, and it shows a lot about our shows a lot about who we are, and the different things that make us tick. So I'm actually like quite glad that you know we're able to have you know Aladdin as number one on Adrian's list. Uh, brings, like, real colour and real personality to our top ten.
1: Yeah, and we, we've all got pretty much different top tens. I mean, there's some overlap, obviously, because um, the, there's some incredibly great films that we all agree upon. So my number one film of the year is actually a film you had at number two, lupe and I believe it's in your top ten as well, Adrian. My film of the year is Ad Astra. It is a sci-fi film starring the incredible Brad Pitt, who I would nominate for an Academy Award for Lead Actor on this performance. I mentioned earlier that he, he gave a great performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is much better. The film is directed by James Gray. It is the most beautiful film of the year the film is shot entirely on photochemical film it's got this beautiful texture this film grain which just ah oh, man i just want to i just want <laughs> to hold it i want to feel it it just it, it looks like how velvet feels that's the that's how i could uh, describe it um, it's about a son whose father has disappeared um, his father is a famous astronaut played by Tommy Lee Jones he goes off to this far-flung mission um, a project in the far reaches of our solar system and then he disappears. Brad Pitt's character grows up without a father but a legend that he wants to live up to and his whole life is predicated on on trying to live up to the expectations of a ghost, a legendary ghost. You can see how heavily this weighs upon him from the beginning of the film. The cinematography of the film is beautiful. We get transported to the moon, the planets of Mars. We pass Jupiter It's as as someone who had a deep appreciation for astrophysics. My first degree was actually in physics and astrophysics. Um, My most favorite part of the week was seeing the slides that our our professor would show us of different planets and constellations that he took over the weekend. And this film is like a science lecture, but without the lecture, it's just all the pretty pictures. But it's a film about the relationship between uh, a father and his son and a son trying to meet the expectations of the father. There's a lot of themes in this film and there's a lot of cinematic parallels from the beginning to the end. I don't want to go deeper into them because I really don't want to spoil this film for anyone who hasn't seen. But there's a particular moment uh, at the beginning of the film that's echoed at the end. And it's just so powerful. Um, There's moments of rage. There's moments of serenity. There's just moments of wonder I cannot recommend this film highly enough. James Gray did a wonderful job, and Hoyt Van Hoytema, the cinematographer, Max Richter's score is just beautiful. Honestly, to everyone involved in making this film, you made 2019 great for me. It, it was it's incredible,
0: um, Lupe. How how do you feel about this film? Yeah, we we saw this movie together and in incredible fashion the day that we saw this in theaters we also saw joker so imagine that double bill and i echo everything you said you haven't overhyped it haven't said anything that's out of bounds or you know said the most you know this film is absolutely stunning i am shocked that it's being shot out of awards contention i'm absolutely stunned shocked appalled it's my number two film on my list just right on the coattails of of joker nipping at its heels the most beautiful movie of the year in terms of the musical score it's second to joker yeah, right agree on his that. heels agree. um and it has a powerful has several powerful and beautiful messages so you mentioned the relationship between fathers and their sons that it, there's a powerful message there i don't want to spoil it for anyone that, that hasn't seen it, but there's also a message about our connection as humans, you know? And there's this thing about, you know, how we're, we always are looking for, okay, where are the, the next plans? How are we gonna go, you know, to this plan? How are we gonna go out there? But the message of this film is that- Look what's here. Look at what's here. The connection that we need is right here. Yeah. And in this film, he takes his epic journey out into the stars just to find out that back home is everything is, is everything that he needed. And it's it's so beautiful. that I, it I, I'm getting chills on my body just thinking of how well this story is 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 told, how beautifully it's portrayed. Brad Pitts acting in this. Remember, you took in our in this podcast, you've talked about Leonardo DiCaprio's tour de force performance in mm-hmm. that scene where he's all fire and brimstone. This is a cool performance. This is the opposite. It's is the opposite, is the opposite but of equally that. Great. But equally as great. It's filled with so much nuance. There's so much quiet, so much stillness. As you said, serenity and tranquility in his performance. And you see a master at his craft, you know? Just, uh, I, like, I'm speaking about this as if it's my own movie and I'm <laughs> pitching it. But it's because this movie, is, it really is that good. Adrian, give us your thoughts on Ad
1: Astra
2: this um genre or subject matter like an astronaut like even if I'm fascinated with the stars and space I have no desire to go <laughs> <None>. <laughs> so films like you know first man and gravity and even interstellar I wouldn't have watched if it weren't for it being Nolan so I only picked up um, this film because of your recommendation um and I it is beautiful like so I, I have no interest in going to space and I the the part where they were like driving on the moon i don't have to go now
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) it feels like you were there right
2: yeah it was just it was just just beautiful you know because like my experience watching the film is i feel suffocated i feel the void of space so Mm -hmm. i have no desire to go so the fact that the film then Shines the light on the human relationships and all of that kind of thing. I like the pace of the film and I like the depth of the film and I like the honesty of the characters. I like the raw honesty of the relationships and emotions, you know, in that void. Like when you confront the void, or like we were talking before in The Irishman confronting mortality, and then, you know, to zero in on what's really, really important, um, that's my hook into the film.
1: Excellent. Um, just as a recap, my top 10 is uh, starts going from 10 to 1. Terminator, Dark Fate, Long Shot, City of Lies. Number 7 is John Wick 3. Number 6 is Clara. Number 5, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 4, Joker. 3, Light of My Life. Number 2 is The Irishman. And my favorite film of the year
0: was Ad Astra. Lupe, give us a reminder of yours. My top 10 were Parasites. number 9 was Cold Pursuit, number 8 was Dolomite Is My Name, number 7 was The Irishman, number 6 was Light of My Life, number 5 was Elite Battle Angel, number 4 was Godzilla, number 3 was Triple Frontier, number 2 was Ad Astra, and number 1 was Joker.
1: And Adrian, give us a rundown of your top 10.
2: Sure. My number 10 was Godzilla, King of Monsters, then Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. My number eight was Ready or Not. Uh, my number seven was The Irishman and number six, at Astra. Then uh, The Kid, uh, Jumanji, The Next Level. The number three was Ophelia, number two, Tolkien, and number one, Aladdin.
1: Wonderful. So we have got a load of films that we recommend for you, the audience, to watch. Um, You've probably seen a lot of them through the year. And there's actually a few films that we haven't seen yet but are anticipating from this year. Like 2019 has still got a few weeks to go. Um, I am waiting to see what they do with Star Wars, Rise of the Skywalker mixed bag with star wars recently but a huge fan growing up of the original trilogy i quite enjoyed the um the prequels as well so i'm looking forward to see what chris terrio does with um episode
0: nine um you're looking forward to any in particular UK? um the- I'm really looking forward to a lot of the Oscar, you know, worthy movies. I have them sort of queued up to watch mm-hmm. stuff like The Fairway, The Farewell. Um, I haven't finished Hustlers. See, I'm I'm really looking forward to 1917, Star Wars Like You. I haven't seen Jumanji, which is yep. high up on Adrian's list. So there are bunch of films we could only do a top 10 of films that we had seen and so this list might change you know further in the future and we'll keep you guys updated but for now i'm pretty happy with my list and i don't think that my top two or three definitely my top two is not going to change i I really don't even care what any other film is like there's no way you can be better (laughs) than ad astra and joker yeah i feel
1: similarly my my top five seems to be set in stone 2019. Adrian, is there any that you're looking forward to in the remaining weeks of the year?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm also very curious to see how terrio ties up all the loose ends of Star Wars. But and there are many. Than, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, more than that, I'm really, really have gotten more excited about uh, Little Women with an incredible cast. It has Meryl Streep and Emma Watson and. Um, uh, I can't pronounce Sosha's last name, but I know her first name. Saoirse so that's
0: Sasha Rowling. And, yeah.
2: and um so I think that has the potential to be in my top 5.
0: Yeah, I I I definitely think that movie's right up your alley, without yeah, a doubt. And I'm hearing very good things about it. Um,
1: excellent. And so that is our most anticipated for the remainder of the year and that kind of rolls into our second spotlight episode which will come in a few days time we are going to give you our top 10 most anticipated of 2020 so we look forward to you joining us for that uh, it's been a pleasure sharing our top 10 with you today lupe
0: why don't you tell people where they can find you you can find me on twitter at live love lupe talk to me about films i'd like to know what your top 10 films of 2019 now, tell me if you agree with any of my on my list tell me if you disagree I love the conversation and I love the banter so hit me up on twitter at live lovely Faith. yeah
1: absolutely and leave your top 10 list if you're watching on on youtube in the comments below um adrian tell the people where they can find you
2: you can find me on twitter at truth love faith and if you check out any of the reviews that we mentioned in this podcast I would love to hear what you think about it
1: definitely definitely go back and follow all of our reviews of the year if there's any films in this uh, top 10 that that you have um have not seen and are wondering if they're worth watching have a look at uh, our back catalog of reviews they they're there for all to see um thank you for joining us in the spotlight we will be doing more episodes like this and we'll be putting loads of different topics in the spotlight soon enough. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter and on Vero at Finaldo7. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, stay
0: excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: the best. You should have left that. <laughs>